0: Being certain. Being certain about Jesus. Um, in the song, just get the words in front of you again, just have a look. You know, Judas is like, you know, why did you let things get so out of hand? Um, he seems to be suggesting that Jesus is in control. Uh, in the chorus, he says, you know, do you even know what they say? Do you really think you're God? Is what Judas is asking. Don't really think that, do you? Um, Lots of my friends would say, you know, Jesus is a nice guy. He's all right. But God, Don't be stupid. It was stupid. Um, here's a book. Um, Philip Pullman, the guy who wrote The Golden Compass and all this kind of stuff. This is, this is the title of his book. "Is says, The Good Man Jesus and the Scoundrel Christ. And the whole point of the book is to show that he basically thinks Jesus is just a, just a nice guy and the whole stuff about him being God kind of gets out of hand. And on the back, it says very clearly, this is a story. He will say that you know, stuff to do with Jesus is just made up. That's his big point. He doesn't want it to be true. And so the question is, how can you be certain How can you be certain about Jesus? Well, first of all, I want to talk about the importance of being certain. The importance of being certain. Um, I hope you saw in those examples with uh, with Godfrey and Archibald, that being certain about Jesus will make all the difference in the world. Make all the difference in the world. Um, Imagine, for example, let's think about sin. Let's think about sin for a second. If you're not certain that Jesus is God... And therefore, has the right to say what is right and wrong. Well, obviously, that'll affect how you respond to what he says, won't it? Um, you know, for example, in Luke chapter six and verse thirty-five, Jesus says, "Love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back." That's what he says. It's a clear moral command from Jesus: love your enemies, do good to them, give to them, basically. Now, if you're unsure that Jesus is God and you just think he's just a nice guy and you think well that's a nice thing to say Jesus but if you're not certain that he's God and has the right to tell you how to live then you'll just ignore it you think it's too hard or not worth doing in fact I reckon there'll be zero chance of you doing it love your enemies I mean that's crazy isn't it crazy talk love your enemies and if you're not really convinced Jesus is God and has got the right to say that then you won't bother will you Or in Luke 9, verse 23, this is what Jesus says. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Don't be greedy. Your life isn't just about the stuff you have. That's what Jesus says. But if you're not certain about it, you think, well, no. My life is about the stuff I have. Thank you very much, Jesus Christ. Um, I define myself by the clothes I wear and the iPad I've got, and the people I hang out with. You see, if you're not certain about Jesus, then Jesus can't change you. If you're not certain about Jesus, Jesus can't change you, because if he's not God, then you can ignore what he says. But it's not just in the area of sin that being certain about Jesus will make a difference. Think about forgiveness. And Jesus talks throughout Luke's Gospel, as we're going to see over this term, about being forgiven by trusting in him. That's what he says. Uh, But if you're not certain about Jesus, you might wish it was true that he could save you, but you won't actually believe it. See, if Jesus can't actually deal with your sin, because he's not a real person, or he's not really done all the things the Bible claims he's done, then he can't actually offer you forgiveness. And you're just left carrying your sin around yourself, still guilty, before God. Nothing you can do about it. See, if you're not certain about Jesus, he can't change you. He can't release you into the freedom of being forgiven if you're not certain about him. And what about Jesus' miracles? Now, this is the thing that people, most people say, oh, you know, I like what Jesus says, but he obviously didn't do all those miracles. That's what lots of people say. And you see, there's loads of places we'll see in Luke's Gospel where Jesus heals people, he calms storms, He deals with demons. He he raises people back to life. In fact, he comes back to life. He's resurrected three days after dying himself. Well, I reckon if you aren't certain Jesus really did those things, then all hope is lost for the future. Because all those miracles, we'll see as we go through Luke, and when he heals people, when he calms the storm, when he comes back to life, they're all pictures of what God's going to do at the end of time. Because God's going to make a world where there's no more sickness, well, if Jesus didn't really heal people in real history, then what hope is there that God can do that at the end of time? If Jesus wasn't really raised from the dead, then what hope is there for you and me at the end of time that we'll be raised from the dead? There's none. If you're not certain that Jesus did miracles, then there's no hope for the future. None at all. See, if miracles don't happen, there's no hope for a better world than this one. This is all we've got. You see, being certain about Jesus matters and it will affect everything. And so let's turn to Luke's Gospel. That's in your Bibles, on page 722. Luke chapter 1 and verse 1. Luke says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Now, now Luke, he's, he's a doctor. He seems he's quite a thorough guy. Um, he's reasoned. And he's writing to a guy called Theophilus. You see his name there? And he writes to this guy, Theophilus, um, about Jesus. It's really quick. And let me just go through um, some of the interesting things here. So just look at verse 1. He says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. And what he's saying is, Luke's saying, Look, there's lots of people who can tell you what happened with Jesus. There's many, many accounts. We've got four Gospels, for example. And we've got loads of letters which will talk about Jesus and things he did. There's many accounts of Jesus. And even if you you were to look back in history, there are non-Christian historians who talk about Jesus as well. Jesus is a real historical figure. Um, it's not just Luke who's making it up. There's many people, many accounts. And so the first reason we could be certain about Jesus is because many people wrote about him. There's a weight of evidence from lots of people. Could be certain. Secondly, uh, what are these people who wrote about Jesus like? Are they people sort of writing from a distance? we we'll look at verse 2. He says, they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses. Eyewitnesses. There were many eyewitnesses of Jesus and everything he did. Many, loads, hundreds. That's what he's saying. Now, when I grew to love history at school, became my favourite subject, and you probably all learned this already, uh, but you talk about primary evidence, don't you? Primary source of evidence, they're the best kind of evidence. And a primary source of evidence is an eyewitness, someone who was actually there and saw what happened. And Luke's saying he's gone to the eyewitnesses. He's visited everyone who saw stuff to do with Jesus and he's putting it together in this one place, Luke. And so what we have, this account of Jesus' life, and in fact, all the accounts of his life, they are made up by eyewitnesses who really saw what Jesus did and said and what happened to him and what happened to others when they met him we can be certain this is real history this is primary source history to deny it would be a faith based claim it would be because you think miracles are impossible rather than because you're actually looking at the historical evidence that you might deny it you see it's easy to deny something you didn't see isn't it? Well, I didn't see it, so it couldn't have happened. Have you ever heard people say stuff like that? Um, well, that's a, Can I just say, that's, that's quite an arrogant position to take on anything, isn't it? If you didn't see it, then it couldn't have happened. That's a very you-centred view of the universe. You can't believe in many things happening at all, can you? If you didn't see it. Because a lot of things happen in the world that you don't see. And just because we didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. These guys did see it. And that's why we can trust it they eyewitnesses. And let's just look at um, verse 3. Uh, look at what Luke does. Luke says, Since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I've put together an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Um, so Luke isn't some guy who just thinks, oh, this will be nice, let's write some stuff about Jesus. He's gone to all the eyewitnesses, he's gathered all the information, he's carefully investigated it, made sure it's true. He's a doctor, remember, so he wants to be uh, rational and ruthless with it to make sure it's true. And he's put it all in one place for us in Luke's Gospel. So we can be certain. Because that's what the whole reason he's writing. Did you see that in verse 4? The whole point of why he writes, look at this, verse 4. Luke writes, "So that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught." that Theophilus has heard loads of stuff about Jesus, and Luke wants to say to him, "You can be sure this really happened, because there are many accounts from eyewitnesses that have been carefully investigated. You can be certain. You can be certain that when I write about Jesus doing a miracle, it really happened. You can be certain that when I tell you about Jesus' birth and all the angels, that really happened. You can be certain that when Jesus rose from the dead, it really happened. People actually saw it. You can be sure. But that's not the only reason I'm convinced that Jesus is real and true. Um, think about it. Let's play a little thought game. Um, if God is God and he is perfect, well, what must his word be like? Well, if God is God and God is perfect, then his word must be perfect as well, and contain no errors. Um, So if God is perfect and he can't lie, which is what we all think about God, I presume, when you think about God you think he can't lie, well then his word can contain no lies either. And so if you're convinced that the Bible is God's word, which I am, well it must be true. Because God is the God of truth. He cannot lie. It makes sense. It is logically follows that if this is God's word, then it must be infallible. It must be true. And the fact there's many accounts from eyewitnesses that have been carefully investigated just prove it. Prove that this is true. We can be certain. We can be certain. And so as we go through um, Luke's gospel, there are two big questions you need to have in your head. The first question is, what does Luke want me to be certain about? And the second question is, why does he want me to be certain about it? What does Luke want me to be certain about? Why is it important that I'm certain about this? Well, we're going to have a go in a groups now, uh, have a little game and see, see if we can make that work. So we're going to look at being Luke, going to read it, and ask the question, what does Luke want me to be certain about? And have a think about, why does he want me to be certain about it? Just to see if um, that fits. Uh, so back to your groups, and I'll put it up on the screen. Great. Well, why is it important... Um, we're certain um, we seem we can be well I reckon because if you're certain it will bring great joy certainty about Jesus will bring joy um, so let's turn right to the end of Luke's Gospel which is always a good thing to do when you're studying a book of the Bible we'll look at the beginning and the end and we're going to look at the very last uh, couple of verses Luke 24 and verse 50 to 53 and this is what it says Luke 24, 50 to 53. Uh, when Jesus led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they, this is the disciples, worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Now, one of the things we'll see as we go through, um, these disciples were not filled with great joy and they were scared and they were locked in a room not long before this bit. And what happens is that they see Jesus, their eyewitnesses, they see him risen from the grave. They're convinced, they're certain. And what do they do? Well, first of all, verse 52, they worshipped him. That means they acknowledge that he is worthy of worship. They're saying, you are God. That's what worship's about him. You worship what you think is God. And Jesus risen before their very eyes makes them certain that he is. So they give him the praise he deserves. That's what worship is. And what do they do after that? They worship him and then they return with great joy. Verse 52 again. Great joy. Um, Why do you think knowing Jesus really is real? He's really God. He really has died and risen again. Why will that lead to joy? Well, let's go back to those three things we picked up on at the start. Uh, Forgiveness, sin, and miracles. Firstly, forgiveness. You see, if Jesus really has risen from the grave, well, then your sin really is forgiven. You really are brought into a wonderful relationship with the God who made the world. You really can know God. Your sin, even the really, really bad stuff, has been dealt with and you're free to enjoy friendship with God because Jesus really, really has risen from the dead if you're certain about that then you can enjoy that it'll bring joy to you because you naturally know it's actually dealt with your sin really is forgiven and what about the kind of miracles Jesus' power well if you're certain well then you know that death really is beaten and defeated and it's not the end There is genuine hope for better in this life. There is real hope for a place where there's no more pain, no more sickness, and no more death. Certainty gives hope, and therefore joy, even when life is hard. I think this is really wonderful. Be certain that Jesus did those amazing things. If you're certain he rose from the dead, it will fill you with joy. Because however hard this life gets... You know, the reality of a future world with none of those bad things in it, it's a spoiler. And finally, why will it bring joy? Well, let's think about sin again. Certainty about Jesus means you can trust him when he tells you to do something. It means you can actually be changed by him. He can actually help you to love your enemies, however crazy that sounds. He can actually help you to not find your identity in the stuff you have, but in him, if he's real. He can't if he's not. You see, if you're certain that Jesus is really who he says he really is God, um, then you'll want to find your life in him and not in possessions. Because he's so much better than them. But you'll only do this if you're certain. You'll only do this if you're certain, and you can be. The Bible, God's word, is true and reliable, and what it tells us about Jesus really happened. And um, so, let's be confident, and uh, let's start with this term certain that Jesus is God. He really did those amazing things. He really did die. He really did rise again. Uh, certain that every time we turn in Luke's gospel, what we're reading is truth—truth truth that can change us, truth that can bring us joy, because it's true. Well let me pray, and then we'll soon to finish. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, that your word is certain and we can be certain about Jesus. I pray you'd help each one of us here to be convinced uh, that Jesus is God. That He really did those miracles. He really has dealt with our sin. Father, I pray that would lead to great joy in us. And that we'd be amazed. Um, at what you've done. And Father, I pray that you would keep us uh, looking at your word and trusting it every time we read it, that we trust uh, what he said, and that we test what people around us might say about your son against what your word says, and we stick with what your word says and not what they say. And in all of this, we pray that Jesus would be our focus, uh, because he's God. And we pray that in his name. Amen. Well let's stand to sing in Christ alone. Um a hymn which declares truths about Jesus, truths which should give us joy because it's true.